Headlines on Metro FM Talk. Yeah, it's 14 minutes now before 8 p.m. We go into our headlines segment and, uh, yeah, we take a look at the latest coming out of uh, the um, South African Airways. Now, uh, many of you would have seen on Friday uh, some uh, further information disclosed about the Takatso Consortium, uh, you know, buying of SAA. And I think a lot of people saying, well, you know, uh, fine, you give away equity, but you effectively keep this albatross of debt in the 49% stake of SAA. And uh, some of those details, uh, the workers at the entity saying, <clears throat> excuse me, they were not familiar with, and uh, members of the Cabin Crew Association and NUMSA uh, picketing at uh, the Department of Public Enterprises today uh, around what they see as the continuing plague of corruption and mismanagement at SAA. Uh, and of course, uh, the uh, circumstances of secrecy around uh, this Takat's um, uh, ordeal. And uh, to uh, talk to us a bit more about this, joined on the line by the spokesperson uh, of uh, the NUMSA, Pagamile Shubimachola. Pagamile, good evening and welcome. Good evening and good evening to your listeners and thank you so much for having us on the show. Pagamile, thank you very much. I mean, I, I thought uh, I heard you moonlighting somewhere um, <laughs> and I thought you'd come back, I guess, to the world of broadcasting, but it's great to see <laughs> uh, that uh, you're still uh, agitating there for the working class. And uh, m- maybe just briefly, uh, Paramila, talk to us about the action today outside the offices of the DPE, your concerns that gave rise to it, but also more importantly, what some of your key asks were. Yes, indeed. And we appreciate this platform and this opportunity. Uh, NUMSA and the South African Cabin Crew Association were picketing outside the offices of the DPE today. We were provoked really into this action because of the fact that uh, approximately 225 workers are facing dismissal as a result of the end of this uh, training layoff scheme. Mm. Um, If you recall, Ayabong, I think we had this conversation uh, when the company was still under business rescue about this social plan, which unions had negotiated with the Department of Public Enterprises to add an additional 1,000 workers who would sort of be in the wings on standby as the airline ramps up that would at a later stage be added to the workforce. Mm. And um, the scheme uh, was going to be uh, basically, you know, um, assisted through the CCMA uh, and TITA as the training education authority was going to do training. Um, Unfortunately, workers were informed through an SMS yesterday that the training layoff scheme uh, is coming to an end. Mm. As of end of March, they will be jobless. Um, and what is really painful is that they didn't get any training. The, the, the whole manner in which this process was supposed to be rolled out was not rolled out at all. Um, SAA gave excuses in its letter um, claiming that, for example, things, blaming the CCMA, blaming the TITA. But what we know is that this uh, training layoff didn't happen because of mismanagement by SAA managers. And, um, and now 225 workers are going to lose their jobs. So um, that plus the Takato deal plus the drastic cut in salaries and benefits with this SAA version 2, where ordinary workers have had their salaries slashed by 30%, benefits like Provident Fund and medical aid taken away, and yet managers and specialists have got very, very generous packages. 
So all of these issues are burning issues, which we put in a memorandum mm. and gave to the DG of the DPE. Um, we even had our members there speaking directly to him so that he could hear firsthand about their experiences for them to deal with. The other issue that you're raising is uh, your concern with, I guess, how much information has been shared insofar as the Takatsu Consortium is concerned and, uh, you know, their status as the preferred strategic equity partner here. Talk to us about that. Well, you know, if you if you look at this whole deal, I mean, we were told that um, through a statement that the disposal of about 51% of shares in SAA, uh, that process has, has, has occurred or it's been finalized. Um, and um, now what is concerning for us is that this is a public entity. This is not a private company. Mm. And yet we know nothing about what was the due diligence that the Department of Public Enterprises embarked on in deciding that this particular consortium should be the one chosen for this deal. Um, We want to know all the details of this transaction. And we have asked questions as a recognized trade union. It is our right to get this information because the deal has a direct impact on workers. And DPE has not been forthcoming at all. And neither has SAA management or anyone in, uh, who is connected uh, to this deal. And um, so for us, we are now at a point where we are actually involved in, in a dispute. We've had to go through the route of private arbitration, which mm. is the process which, which is starting now, to actually deal with this because government doesn't want to disclose what they're doing. But, and but, and but why, why should Paramila, we have to go through this process? This is a public entity. But, Paramila, if you look at the cabinet statement on Thursday, it does give a sense that, I mean, in a way, the, the boat has sailed. Uh, the only thing standing between uh, this and, uh, you know, the deal coming to some sense of financial close is effectively some approvals. And I'm not sure what those approvals might be. I mean, of course, there would be, I guess, industry-specific approvals. But I would also think there would be a requirement for some you know, oversight and the parliamentary uh, engagement with lawmakers. Mm. Um, I mean, is that where, I guess, you still want to make sure that you can still engage with the process and influence it somewhat? Uh, or has the, has the I guess, horse bolted? But even if that's the case, um, Aya, do we not, as the public, deserve to know? We do. Don't we deserve yet. to know the no, details? Yet. I mean, we give them allocations periodically. This, this is, a, this is yeah. important information. Mm. Um, we must know. We must know how they were they were chosen. We must know all of the the details of this deal because what uh, what sometimes comes along with these deals are terms and conditions for workers. Mm. And 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 how is it that this whole process could be finalized and workers know absolutely nothing? So um, frankly, we don't think that government has any excuses because. Um, if we are dealing with a government that claims that this is a new dawn, that claims that the era of corruption is over, then they should have no problem with disclosing to the public in full the details of this deal. As they say, when you have nothing to hide, hide nothing. Mm, mm. And these are and these are the answers that we want as workers because we are already being very affected um, by the changes that have happened at yeah. SAA. Um, it's still workers that are paying the price 
for mismanagement. Uh, I mean, one of the things, for example, that we raised in our memorandum, um, management is bloated at SAA. Mm. You've got about uh, more than, I think it's about 220 managers, 240 managers overseeing 700 staff. And they have given themselves very generous packages, which they say they've benchmarked because some of them are apparently specialists with special skills that are not available normally here. They've benchmarked those salaries uh, according to international airlines. But workers' salaries have been benchmarked against a local, air, uh, a local airline carrier, Mango. So we said to them, if that's the case, we want to see that process. We want to see that benchmarking, and we want to see the details of how you rewarded yourself at the expense of workers. They said that they'll only be willing to do that if we sign a non-disclosure. I mean, what, what is that? Can we, can, we be, be, can we really trust that this is an organization that is acting um, honestly uh, and acting in good faith in the interests of the public and workers when they don't want to be transparent about so many things that are important? Hmm. Now, we also know SAA has been functional. SAA has been operating in the last uh, few months or so. Uh, and I was at the airport on Friday, and I guess it was you know, quite good to see, because I hadn't seen in a long time, uh, workers of SAA you know, decked out in their uniforms, you know, getting ready to, to serve members of the public and uh, get them onto, you know, uh, onto uh, uh, the planes to get them to their destinations. Um, I mean, what has been your assessment and the assessment of your members over the last few months or so as the operations of SAA have unfolded with a lower headcount, of course, um, but uh, yeah, just your sense. You've spoken about the bloating of management, but uh, just insofar as conditions of work are concerned, how, how has that gone? Well, it's it's you know it's bittersweet. Our members are thrilled to be back in the air to be working. I mm. mean, today, if you'd had an opportunity, you would have heard directly from them uh, very very uh, heartfelt stories about how they feel about the airline. Workers at SAA are really passionate about their work. They have an emotional attachment to the brand um, and to the work that they do. Um, so on that front, a lot of them are thankful that the, the airline is operating, they're back in the sky, and there's progress on that front. But at the same time, they are truly heartbroken. They feel betrayed by the employer. Um, one particular man who gave an account, Yaku Krobla, who is a cabin crew member, mm. who spoke about having worked at SAA for more than 34 years and suddenly finding himself with a salary that's been slashed by 30% with no pension fund contribution, no medical aid that he can afford. And he was saying, you know, I mean, I've given so much to this airline and I did it with passion and I just feel... At the very least, if I've given 34 years, I deserve more than to be earning 12,000 rand or whatever he's earning currently, which is less than 20,000 rand. And, and, and that's, the, that's the painful thing, Aya, is that it's so obvious that in, in spite of everything that we've heard, in spite of the findings even of the Zondo Commission, where it was very clear that there were executives at SAA who played a role in its destruction, the people who've paid the highest price have been workers. And even now, uh, losing houses, having to pull their kids out of school, um, and being disrespected. Ooh, 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 ooh. There was a, a man from Nusa who spoke about how he felt 
seeing how the new CEO doesn't even engage Nusa and Saka. The new CEO can tell the media that he's been talking to Labour, but he's absolutely held absolutely no meetings with Nusa and Saka. We've been completely ignored, um, disregarded. Um, and yet there's a long history and a long culture of FAA where management engaged workers. If you recall, Ayabonga, during the time of Wiani Jahana, workers went on strike because the GCEO left. Mm. So you understand that having to move from there to a situation where a CEO doesn't even want to meet with union is very, very shocking for members. Yeah, I mean, it speaks volumes about, I guess, the industrial relations environment uh, at the national carrier. Um, and I think the other element I'm quite interested in in, in your thoughts on uh, Paramila, because, you know, when we tried to speak even to the portfolio committee towards the end of last year to get a clearer sense of this. I, I mean, I must say I, I left those discussions none the wiser. Insofar as the subsidiaries are concerned, I mean, you know, Mango has still been grounded. Uh, SAA technical, I'm not sure what's happening there. You organize in all of those spaces. Uh, what's happening? What exactly is happening in Mango? And also, I guess, what's the latest coming out of SA Technical? It's, so what you have is a situation where what Nunsa and Saka had said during the business rescue process, which is that if you're going to rescue or put SAA through business rescue, all subsidiaries should be put under business rescue. So the mistake that the Department of Public Enterprises made was to only place SAA under business rescue and to leave the subsidiaries out. And yet the subsidiaries have a direct relationship with SAA. So when SAA was grounded, um, they also suffered. They are collapsing in many respects. So it's um, the, the situation for many of them is that like, for example, in the case of, of um, SAA Technical, where after the business rescue process of SAA, workers went through a Section 189 process, um, and at the same time, there's real issues around um, the viability of that entity. Um, that, the, the, the same with Mango, as you know, uh, where... Um, that process also of uh, business rescue is, is underway. Um, so the, by virtue of not having dealt with the situation properly at the beginning, we are now having to sort of re... You know, we're dealing with this six, eight months later after SAA has undergone its process. And it's been extremely, extremely painful for workers. Um, it's created a situation of extreme uncertainty. Many people have um, just, you know, taken VSPs or resigned out of fear or, like in the case of Mango, a lot of people took uh, VSPs um, because really the situation is in flux. The future is uncertain. Um, Mango also uh, needs a um, an equity partner. So really... Um, what, what you can say, if you have to summarize the situation, is poor leadership from the Department of Public Enterprises in running these state-owned entities in a way where... Because by now, we should have had finality on all these processes. You see, if all of them had gone through the same process at the same time, right now we would be ramping up all of them at the same time. 
as opposed to them going through this process at the time when SAA is ramping up, at the time when the industry is starting to open up again. So, um, you know, it's just unfortunate that unfortunately when it comes to our leaders um, in ministries, there really is a serious shortage of um, vision and leadership and strategic thinking that allows us to capitalize our SOEs in a practical way to assist us as we try and build our economy. Uh, I, I heard from the DG, for example, talking about how um, our domestic flights are now being taken over by international carriers. Well, thank you that he can say that now. We told them that years ago. We told them as unions years ago that they needed to take steps to protect our domestic airspace and uh, set up policies where only local carriers would benefit from traveling domestically. And we were ignored. And we even, even during business rescue, raised this as a possibility that by collapsing and crushing SAA, you would be inviting um, international carriers who would then benefit when SAA should be dominating, not just here, but on the continent as well, and we were ignored. So it's, it's just really painful. I, I can't think of any other words because it, it's just one of those situations where we are depending on them to find solutions, but unfortunately they don't seem to have the wherewithal, the political will, and the vision to come up with these solutions that we need. Hi, Paramil. I don't know, man. Uh, you know, when uh, you put it that way, it, it just, I guess, is quite sobering uh, in terms of, um, you know, the latest developments out of SAA. Um, and I guess, you know, the big question mark that still remains now is uh, what then happens post this tie-up with Tugout. So um, in terms of yourselves, I guess as Noms and the Cabin Crew Association and others, um, after today's action, I mean, wh- what are the next steps for you guys? Well, the Department of Public Enterprises has promised engagement within the next seven to ten days on the issues that we've mm-hmm. raised. Uh, we are hoping that, uh, first of all, we will try and get these 225 workers back. We think this is crucial. This was part of a social plan. And I think when you think about the extremely high unemployment that we have, the DPE has a responsibility to try and make this work. Mm. So we are mm. going to really push for them, for these workers to come back and for them to be placed on training. There's no money that's required for it because the TITA is, is ready to do this. Sure. It sure. just needs cooperation from SAA. So we, we want that and we think we can achieve that and we hope we can achieve that. Yeah. Secondly, one of the things that we really want is, um, as we said, we would like to get uh, information about the Takaso deal. Mm. Um, and that will assist us in uh, mapping a path in terms of what we need to do if there's any action that we can take. Um, because, you know, as, as we said, um, this is an airline that uh, is a state-owned airline. And right now, uh, things are being finalized, and yet we know nothing. So we feel that um, if we can at least... Uh, get those things uh, happening within the next couple of weeks, we will be making progress. 
Paramila, we're going to have to leave it there. As always, a pleasure catching up with you, and uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much. Paramila Shubi, Machuala speaks on behalf of uh, the National Union of Metal Workers of uh, Southern Africa, NUMSA, and uh, Yahoo organize alongside the Cabin Crew Association and uh, other trade unions at South African Airways. Yeah, let us know what you think about that. And uh, hey.